The following is brought to you by Will Harris, Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Hello and welcome everybody to the Politics, Politics, Politics Podcast for June 1st. 2022, your old pal Justin Robert Young joining you from Austin, Texas. Oh, those summer vibes are here, my friend. We are past Memorial Day. Hopefully people were out there by the pool on the beach, grilling out, having a good time. There is uh, a moment this uh, week that I'll be on a pontoon boat. You know the sun's out when that's happening. Pride Month, shout out to all of our prideful listeners amongst the PX3 faithful. But I got to tell you, friends, this is not the busiest time in politics. We are wrapping up our primaries. There, there aren't any particularly interesting races that I have my eyes on for Tuesday or that happened on Tuesday because this comes out on Wednesday. The Senate and House aren't in session right now. So even though we've got a lot of news and momentum that was coming out of the horrifying events last week, we don't have anything this week as all of Congress is back amongst their constituency. And so we are going to take time to be a little bit more contemplative. Yeah. We're going to have a good old-fashioned conversation about sadness, existential sadness, the sadness of us, the human tribe, and more specifically, our little subsection here in America. Are we existentially sad? Are we fearful? Are we angry? And if we are, when was the last time we were happy? If you haven't guessed already or are a new listener to the show, the only person on earth for which I believe I could have this conversation is with my my brother from another mother. I, I love this guy. And, and if it weren't for the fact that he flaked out on me three times before I was finally able to pin him down, finally able to pin him down, uh, uh, he would just be my favorite person on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Ryan joins us for the full hour it is a freewheeling conversation. It is one in which we go from emotion to politics to philosophy fairly interchangeably. And I, I think you guys will very, very, very much enjoy it. So without any further ado, burn first. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Good to be here, brother. I want to have a conversation with you about existential sadness, because oh, I, I, yeah. I feel like this has been a thing for which we've been either on the cusp of or in the valley 
uh, over the last two years. And then when you have a moments of uh, immense sadness, like what happened in Uvalde last week and what happened in Buffalo, uh, there, there can't help but be an adding on to that escalating tab. And, and there are a few people for whom I feel like uh, uh, are, are equipped to have these conversations, uh, except for me and you, we are the only two that will, that will delve <laughs> into this with a political context. So let me start here. Do you believe that right now America is existentially sad? 100%. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Like collectively, collectively, I think it, and, and, um, anxious. And I mean, this other day I was like, man, are, as a country, are we going to make it? Like, can we make it? Which is what you think fooled. when you're sad. Right. Yeah. Like, like when you're when yeah. you're depressed, that's what that's what you, you you that you are led to the idea of like, is my career going the way I want? Is my relationship going the way I want? Is that going to make it? Am, am I going to make it? That that is really the 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 depths of it is is like, am, am I equipped to move on? And so if we if we understand that the micro is the macro and, mm-hmm. and you know, all of our collective behaviors become the larger behavior, then I think that that makes sense, right? That that isn't just blind fatalism. That is, uh, uh, okay, like this is a a temperature check on on where our, our national mood is. I like to use the word existential in this too, because I'll go to the existentialist because they have a rumor for, or they have it. This, I, sorry, I'm like getting over COVID, so I'm kind of loopy. That's um, fine. No, no, no. That's fine. It's perfect timing. It's yeah. really like, um, but they have this uh, image of sort of being uh, depressing and they can be, but the, like the, their whole idea is, is based on freedom. And it's like Kierkegaard said, like anxiety is the dizziness of freedom. And I think we're all pretty dizzy right now. We feel like the instability of like vertigo as a country. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, especially l- last week is just uh, like if, if there's a nihilist in each of us, it definitely tapped into that. Like, how could this, why would this happen? Yeah. Why, like, why? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the universe where somebody straps up and goes into an elementary school. Especially when it appears that both with the Buffalo shooting. And with this shooting, the more we learn about it, the more we learn that these events were done to elicit these feelings from a society for which these men, uh, uh, although, you know, a boy is depending on, on where you draw any kind of uh, uh, line there personally, you can take that as you will. Not girls or women. (laughs) Well, there's not girls or women. Right. But I mean, I guess this, this gets into our other thing about like, I am, am drawn to describe and understand these two monsters. And let me just say, this is in no way to humanize them per se, or to give them undue humanity but to understand them as disaffected young men, because uh, I think, you know, uh, probably uh, uh, 
we, we, we were both, I don't I have not had this particular conversation with you, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, uh, we were both disaffected young men at, at oh. some point, right? Nobody, nobody reads that many books if they're happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, we have spot on. Yeah. So spot it's like, on. so th- I can understand feeling alone. I can understand feeling rejected. I can understand feeling uh, uh, these, these feelings. And I think that those, those, a lot of those do cross gender. Right. So I don't want to make this too rigid. However, when you say, oh, these were boys that, that did this, then there gets into this conversation of, oh, okay, are you writing it off? So this is a boys will be boys thing. It's like, no, of course not. But, oh no, no. Yeah. I think if anything, it's like, you know, men are just more violent. Like you, if you look at the data that, that yeah. confirms that, and that's not that's not me saying that the patriarchy is to blame either. I, I'm not looking at the social context. I'm looking at like the biological mm-hmm. uh, reality at play. But we also there are like in this. You hinted at this. There is like a cultural reality that we're all starting to that not starting. We're all like struggling to reconcile with. Like, why does this happen? Why does this happen? And, and I think there is that, that ele- existential element to it. Well, yeah. All right. So, so, so uh, before we get to that per se, okay. Uh, let's 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 go back to these these you know uh, uh, two shooters here that mm. happened in uh, uh, Buffalo and Uvalde. Um when you look at their pattern of behavior, it was one of isolation and attention grabbing online. And this is, you know, the the most beautiful and terrible thing about the internet is that (laughs) everything's recorded. So I can go find a blog I wrote when I was, you know, uh, uh, 18, uh, uh, but also it's all recorded. So now we can see the last interactions that a murderer had with, uh, uh, you know, uh, other people online. And if, if we are to understand why this happens and like you, you mentioned, like there is the hopelessness, the dizziness of, of, Okay, we live in a free society, but also that means that this free society allows this to happen, that we have on some level in our drive uh, signed off on 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 the existence of of this. Right. Uh, of, you know, th- that I guess. You know, does make us all culpable because we all want to be free, which mm-hmm. is which is a very hard thought to have when you look at, at, at a consequence of that. And it is, and it is dead children. Although I do think that it does show that we care about our collective community. It it shows that we are bought in on that. Yeah. First of all, I want to read your, uh, journal or your blog entries when you were 18. <laughs> oh, they were dumb. It was just me repeating lines like uh, from from comedy shows that I liked. It was just me. Yeah, just me like repeating stuff I heard on Syphil and Ollie the night before. I bet they weren't dumb. I bet they were. Well, uh, Syphil and Ollie was a funny show, so I guess uh, you, nice. your mileage may vary. Or may vary. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. For, for me, that kind of we have a lot of the um, like uh, grocery cart tests in America. That's what comes with uh, freedom. Like yeah. th- there's no law that says you need to return the grocery cart. 
there's there no you might get a dirty look but um the, the right thing to do is is to put it back like yeah and i felt that too with with covid the past week like well you know there's nobody stopping me from going out and going into public you know even, but it's like even if i put on a mask that's like it's not socially responsible it wouldn't be a yeah. like putting somebody else at risk so so let's let's go broader here because yeah. the one thing that that I, I I I do feel I feel there is a national mood of sadness, uh, yeah. uh, and this pre shootings like I, I think that we we were in a thing and now we just like uh uh you know we we were already struggling on money and then and then we went into uh, uh to to draw twenty dollars from the ATM and Ooh, yeah. found that we were five hundred dollars overdrawn because some bill hit that we that we hadn't figured out. Uh, uh, that that's what I, I would imagine our national mood would be, but I don't know that for sure. And so let's see if we can prove the counterfactual. Yeah. Can we remember a moment in which America was existentially happy? No, this is a good, this is a good question. Uh, let me, let me think about that. Yeah. Because Cause I would, cause I think reflexively we will point back at moments and be like, well, we didn't really have a whole lot of problems there. Yeah. Things weren't all that like, uh, uh, things weren't all that bad. Then we don't Maybe. think like that in, in the moment, but, uh, uh, pre nine 11. So that would be, I mean, and that was because that it was far? kind of memed. No, no, no. It was memed like that, right? The, the famous yeah. onion cover, a nation longs to care about stupid BS again with like the picture <laughs> of Britney Spears with the snake uh, uh, <laughs> there. And that's the summer shark and, and all that. And so it's like, I think that would probably be the one, if you put a bunch of stuff on, on like a poll, when was mm -hmm. the last time America was happy? That I, my guess would be that would be the one that would get the highest level of agreement. And we're talking the diff, the main difference is like collectively happy. I think that that hasn't happened in a while, like with the division that we're experiencing. Yeah. And again, this gets into another conversation of like, are we really as divided as, as we no, think? You're, you're absolutely right. Because like, I think we, Certainly those that are the most divided are often the loudest. Mm -hmm. We certainly spend a lot of time talking about it. Public polling on the brands of the two parties, which I guess that's the, that the one thing that bothers me. It's whenever it's like, oh, oh, Republicans, like we've never been more divided in our country. It's like, or <laughs> do people just really have bad feelings about Pepsi and Coke right now? Because when, when you say yeah. Republicans and Democrats, like, no, the, the, Yes, Republicans and Democrats have drifted further apart, but I don't mean I don't think necessarily that America is as divided as we might think, or at least I, I would I would I would bet on that counterfactual. No, I I agree. I, I think I I dove into the World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab stuff. Mm -hmm. I read all his books, and uh, I think he 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 captures it. Not the way he intends to, but there's there's a serious divide between like elites and us like us normies. Um, yeah. Which, um, and, and what's at risk for us is our political freedom, which 
without that, we turn into animals. Like we're, um, we can just be possessed very easily. We, because we can be turned it, into property. Because it is, because it is financial capture. It is, it is like, 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 like regulatory capture, but economic capture because, uh, um, you know, we, we immediately become very, very dependent on very large entities for which we become less and less uh, important. Yes. Yeah. And his, his like the, the phrase everybody uses, uh, describe him as he, he said one time, you'll, um, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And, and, but the real question there is like, well, well what will you own? Like the person making that statement, what will you yeah. own? Um, Probably yeah, a lot. It, <laughs> oh yes, probably all of it. Like, and that's, I mean, that's an idea that stretches back to, to the Republic, to Plato. Like yeah. the, the difference between Plato and, and world economic forum, man, we're, I love our tangents. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Is that Plato, Plato contended that society should be ruled by wise men, uh, but also indifferent men. So that, that indifference is what's missing. There's uh, I mean, everybody, everybody has to have a political opinion. I think with regard to what you were just saying, I think you do an excellent job of capturing the the like well sanity for for like first of all, but like the the voice of the American. Yeah, and you you make it sound really nice. You add, I mean, you've got you add a lot of nuance to it. You add your political and journalistic knowledge, and and you add some comedy to it as well. Um, but I, I agree. I think that most Americans are pretty not not neutral, but like down the middle. And I think part of the, this existential depression um, or anxiety that we're feeling is a um, it's an outpouring of feeling like we're being tugged back and forth by extremists. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I do think that there is a part of it where where we feel less and less connected. And and when you see free floating demographics, which are are happening, uh, you know, I, I think I don't know if it's on a more fluid scale right now, but you're seeing people who normally would vote for one party now are voting for another party. It's happened in the suburbs for Democrats gaining uh, uh, in what used to be more reliably red areas in some poorer areas. Uh, the Republicans are gaining because the Democrats seem to have lost some of their messaging with, with those the audiences. Elon, Elon Musk. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. When we talk about low income Americans, uh, oh, low, yeah, income, yeah. low income African Americans, <laughs> yet another African American in the, uh, in, in, in the, in, in the pile of the GOP. <laughs> the least poor the least uh, poor uh, african american world. yeah <laughs> uh uh yeah i mean I, I i think to me everybody cares about the same stuff the difference is who you blame and mm. what you think the solution is but most people don't even really get that far like the 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 the, the definition of somebody who cares about politics are people who know who to blame and then on another level have an idea of what their solution would be. And, and those are in escalating orders, but everybody cares about, I don't have a job. Everybody cares about why is gas a hundred dollars to fill up my tank? <laughs> like that's, that's an everyday issue for which people are uh, uh, suffering from. And however you want to define 
the the source of blame on that that is that that is that is what it is but most people don't even get that far most people are just angry most people are just sad and i think if we are to find a thing that that brings us this existential moment is that we are really divided but to me the biggest divide is from covid and the lockdowns and there is a class of people of which you and i are part of we uh, have been uh, blessed to be able to spend a lot of time indoors and order a lot mm. of Uber Eats and uh, have, you know, be excited when the new Mandalorian episode comes on <laughs> and video games show up. And like it, it, there has been an element of solitary confinement for which is bothersome, but mm. it's not economic hell. And I think that there's a large portion of America that has been pushed into extreme economic instability. And, and that's just what happens when you shut off your economy. And I'm not here to say that we shouldn't have or that it was a bad or good uh, uh, health decision. But the reality is the reality is the reality. And, and that's why you see these murder rates go up. And if there's one thing that I... I, I just want to kind of reiterate again, because it's really stuck with me as we've had these conversations about understandably brutal crimes, but the murder rate is up all over the country. Yeah. We have seen deaths. We have seen, and and, and on top of that, we have seen uh, addiction deaths and, mm -hmm. and drug deaths and alcohol related deaths all skyrocket. Like this is a country that aside from COVID even take COVID out of it, we have seen death on a scale that we have not seen in a while. And for the living, for some, it's it's bad. It's it's like uh, 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 the, the, the money that's coming in doesn't stretch as far. The jobs may not be there. The uh, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I think that that to me, if I were to pin down what is to blame with this national mood, uh, I, I would I would start there. And then after I talked that out a while, I would also say, and I got sad because the bars closed. Like, I, like, eventually, <laughs> and like, I'm not saying that my feelings aren't valid. I, I, yeah. I will just, I'll just say them last. Like it'll be. in the <laughs> No, I appreciate that. That's uh, I, I agree. I agree. And that, that's requires uh, self-awareness. And I, I think part of the problem is that in America, we're, we're not used to this, to this level of instability and chaos. Um, so, so I just, I think I've talked about Agamben before. I'm just so upset. Giorgio Agamben, I'm just okay. so obsessed with him. He, he's a, um, he, he came up with, or he didn't, he cultivated the idea of the state of exception. Okay. And he, he wrote a book in 2020 called uh, Where Are We Now? He's a, an Italian philosopher and he was very much against the, um, the lockdowns in Italy. And I mean, for context, it was worse in Italy because yeah, no, they, they got hit. They got hit early. Yeah. Like right after China and yeah. the, and Italy, they handle politics a little differently in Italy. They like they can, I mean, just the Mediterranean States in general, they don't have a problem kicking it up to 10. Um, yeah. Whereas I don't know if we, in our lifetimes, we've been to 10 in America. Um, no. It's a, it's an it's an interesting book. 
um, it's like it can be kind of repetitive in points. But one of the ideas he talks about is like so much of our instability is based on the idea that biopolitics has become the primary form of politics, biopolitics being politics of the body. Like each of us is fighting off the control over our bodies. That's how personalized it's gotten. Uh, and there's another uh, philosophy. So, 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 okay. So, so fighting off the control of our bodies and, and the mm-hmm. lockdowns would be an, an element of that, that, that we cannot move from one place to another. And, and certainly in a lot of European countries, including Western European countries, there were restrictions on, on literally being outside or like, you know, that, that, that we did not experience even in the most tight, the, 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 the tightest of blue States, I was still going for jogs in, yeah. in Alameda County in, in Oakland while everything was closed around me. I could still do that. Yes. Yeah. We didn't really, uh, Europe, like Europe can do that. Uh, and I, and I've seen it. I've seen protests in Europe where it's like the police are, are flogging uh, protesters. And it's like, that's not going to make the news. Nobody, or if it's on the news, people at home are going to watch it and be like, Oh yeah. I'm glad they beat up those hippies. That's, that, that's, yeah, that's the thing that happens, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, say that in some European language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his, his stance is, and he goes after Bill Gates quite a bit, which Bill Gates is shady. Well, what's your take I, on Bill I mean, did we forget how we met Bill Gates? Did we, I mean, like, like, this is this is an insane thing to me that that Bill Gates at some point became a nice guy, and like, uh, 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 we're gonna forget how he came up in Microsoft. We're gonna forget how he would do due diligence on companies that he would otherwise acquire, and very well could have acquired, but instead of acquiring them, would just figure out what they were doing in due diligence, <laughs> and then break down the deal and rip them off. Like, the, Bill Gates. He is who we thought he was. Like, and then all of a sudden, like him, Epstein him is, bad though. That's I mean, what changed. That's like, whoa, that's a new level. Like well, Epstein Island. Uh, Epstein had he, a he wasn't pattern. going for the scuba diving. Epstein had a pattern, which yeah. was find nerds. <laughs> he loves the nerds if they were in academia. Give them the thing that professionally they would want the most, a patron, mm. uh, give them personally what they want the most. And this is where the Epstein or the the Bill Gates thing came in because Bill Gates didn't need money. Uh, uh, he wanted to feel like a, a, th- this was all worth it, that, that oh, yeah. you know, that you could go from uh, uh, being socially awkward and, you know, getting married young to, to living the life that somebody should, who has that amount of money should, should have. And Epstein was supremely connected. Uh, uh, you know, you can, you can find those pictures of him in the like queen of England's cabin, uh, uh, and yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, I think we are still dude in 20 years, we're going to get a, like a full Epstein, uh, 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 dump out, but like, I, I think his connections to federal law enforcement, I think yeah. that there are, there are things for which he was, he was a, a, a cog in a, in a larger machine, not to say that his crimes are any less horrendous. No, uh, uh, more like, horrendous. I think, I think his, 
that's why it's like you know that was that was Epstein's thing was finding think, low self esteem like nerds. Twenty years, yeah, and <laughs> I and, like that. That's a good yeah. take. Do you think it'll take twenty years before we like? Do you think we'll see justice for the people who were diddling kids? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think that those that. I mean, diddling that, kids is a sunny reference. I should say something more. Uh, no, that's fine. We don't need to. Okay. I mean, in, in 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 a conversation about existential sadness, I feel like we could all we could all connect the dots. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I I think there's a lot that was being protected with Epstein, and my suspicion is that part of the reason why he got off on those first charges. I mean, and there's there's some paper to back this up was because federal law enforcement thought he would be more of an asset in the field than in prison. And that's not anything that's uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. So, I, no, I'll, you're not. I'll, 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 no, I'll, you're not. Yeah. Do you think he killed himself? Uh, uh, no, no, sir. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, yeah. sir. I, I, I do not. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, that, that, that is something that from the moment, like, and look, I, I don't want to unduly kind of, uh, 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 dive into certain things, but like, wow. If you had suspicions about like the JFK assassination, like, yeah. uh, 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 the guy that allegedly was yelling, I'm not trying to kill myself two days before uh, uh, killing himself while the camera's out. And uh, yeah. like, that's, it's a, uh, who, uh, see, that's, you are not a conspiracy theorist at all. You're like, your opinions are based on a lot of thought and evidence. So that's, um, that's well, interesting. I mean, yeah. Also, I've I've just been on that one from the moment it happened. There's there's an episode of our our uh, we were in Vegas at the time that it happened, and we had done uh, we just did an episode that day with the news being broken uh, with our friends at Ice Cream Social who who are based in Vegas. And if you want my contemporaneous, uh, more comedy uh, styled feelings, uh, uh, then you can go and as as we recount all of the the the, the murders that uh, or sorry all, all the suicides that have happened in in American history like when uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, uh, shot himself in the back of the head like that was a famous suicide <laughs> yeah it's tricky it's there's like there's an element of like especially with the government with a lot of these conspiracy theories it's like you can go back and see some atrocities that happened not very long ago. I mean, Kaczynski was the result of like uh, experiments on people with LSD, um, like high volumes of LSD. That wasn't that long ago. Like it's, but we have this like, like naive perception that, oh, they're okay now. Like they, they wouldn't do that to us. If you would like to support this podcast because you believe that the things we talk about on this show matter, because you believe that going out and covering these races in, in person matters, if you believe that the context we try to bring to these issues matters, if you have at any time while listening to this show taken a factoid, a take, 
some bit of information and used it in your own life, then what you have demonstrated is that I and everybody else that puts their hard work and labor into bringing this to you have given you something of value for which is our privilege. Of course, money makes the world go round. So if you could in your heart and budget, which I understand, get a little tougher these days, please think about heading on over to our subscriber program, our Patreon, take politics seriously dot com three dollar level gets you two bonus episodes each and every week and and i know i say that but let me lay it out for you here one time our monday episode this comes to you on sunday night so it is ready for you uh when you get out you know whatever you do first thing on monday you go for a workout you get a little breakfast yum 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 you go to work you're on your commute you've got a succinct podcast for which lays out what will be the talking points of the next seven days. And we know that because I descend into the fiery, toxic depths of the Sunday shows that happen each and every week. And all of the glittering members of the political royalty come out in their fineries and they tell you what you should be thinking for the next seven days. Now, you don't need to watch these things. They're long and they're boring. I can get these clips for you. I can bring them to you and you can make your decision for yourself. Meanwhile, on the Thursday show, that is our late edition. That is the latest news that we cover in a week. And I got to tell you, Sometimes when breaking news happens, it almost exclusively only happens on that show if the timing is what it is. And we had a grim version of that last week with the shootings happening in Texas. Really the only place that I went in depth on my feelings and and what the immediate political consequences were, were on that show. And that's because even though we do have a a Friday show, the Friday show is recorded throughout the rest of the week. So we don't really react in, in, uh, you know, an agile way on that program. It's a little bit more evergreen. So there you go. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Get two bonus podcasts each and every week if you subscribe at the $3 level. Thank you and salute to everybody who has continued to support this program. It means the world to me. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. The spiciest take that I would have on the when's the last time we were happy. Yeah. I would say possibly around like 2016 when we a lot of people didn't feel happy. But if you look at what we were mad at now, it's it's insane. Like like uh, the, the thing that I keep coming back to was remember the 24 hours after there was a report that Donald Trump had said that some, that they were S hole countries, yeah. right? 
And that became a news story for 48 hours, 48 to 72 hours. It was an unsourced report. It wasn't audio. Like it was an unsourced report that he had said a thing. And, and while certainly I don't want to minimize people believing that Donald Trump was a fascist and was going to, to topple everything. And certainly you can look at January 6th and, and, and draw your, your conclusions on uh, uh, what he was, uh, uh, you know, representing and, and how careless he was with his handle on that if not prescriptive in, 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 in the destruction of America. But at the same time, <laughs> in that moment right there, things were going okay. Yeah. The economy no, was this... going okay. Like we, we didn't have the hardships that we have now. We would look back on that, uh, on that time fairly favorably aside from there was, you know, a significant portion of Americans who believed they were living through the, 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 the Reichstag fire era of pre-Nazi Germany. Right. Uh, yes. And they're also very quiet these days. Um, the thing Trump was funny. Like I, we have, well, yeah, no, like, no, no, but no, no, no. January 6th, January 6th is, is the hood ornament to that, uh, to that, that, no, that philosophy. Right. right? Because yeah, that's th- now, now it's like, Oh, okay. Well, people storm the Capitol and, I think that there's a lot of nuance into how directed is directed and exactly how much that mattered, but that there's no doubt that for somebody who was scared of the concept of Trump coming in, watching January 6th was like, nailed it. I was right all along. They, they, they took it too far though. It's like who's, who's we, they? Who's they? Like I would say the it's just it's the same group of I think it, the media mostly the the media on the okay. left, uh, center left to left, uh, and they I think they comprise you know a large part of the media, and I I, think, I, I would I would I would hazard a guess to say the majority. Yep, <laughs> if, yeah. If I, I were if I if I were only to uh, <laughs> if I were only to to uh, 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 go by friends I know who are professional <laughs> journalists, I would say if, if I, if, if Heaton hadn't gotten hired by the blaze, uh, uh, it would be 100% center left to far left. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a whole complicated thing in and of itself, but I also know having conversations with a lot of these uh, journalists that they're like, you know, a lot of what they do is performative. Um, it's well, like, I mean, a, a, a journalist, you know, capital J journalist or capital M media tends to we, we that's a that's a gigantic bucket that that a lot of people are are, are thrown into. And while I do think that in general, the vast majority are liberals, because as I've said before, there are many liberal institutions for which there are direct pipelines to media institutions. There is no Liberty University to the New York Times media pipeline <laughs> like that. That is not in existence. You know, you have. Syracuse, Northwestern, all the Ivies, like all that stuff. Oh yeah. All the time, all day, but not exactly, you know, a uh, uh, Bob Jones university or whatever. Um, Dude, CNN, CNN is about to undergo. It's crazy. Cause there was like probably six months ago, there were a ton of resumes coming out of CNN and it was like, what's going on? I mean, that's kind of when the Como thing was happening, yeah. but it yeah. was like, 
I it felt everybody was like, this feels a lot bigger than just the Cuomo thing. And uh, Don Lemon was in court. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's the, the new CEO wants to come in and really t- apply like a libertarian model. Well, yeah. So so I've actually read a bunch of media uh, reporting on this. His philosophy is to effectively delegate. And so that's yeah. very different than Zucker, who had run it all through, you know, before the Trump years, uh, where his philosophy was one news story a day. And so that's why everybody knew about the Malaysian plane. Like, and oh. this is pre-Trump, right? And then I didn't all of a sudden- that. Yeah, he was like, that makes one, a lot of sense. You've got we've got uh, America's got attention for one news story and CNN will be the clearinghouse for that story. We will own this story. It'll be reporting during the day, analysis at night of one story. That's it. Uh, and now there's a lot more. And and you've actually seen there's criticism last week because they were late to the the breaking Uvalde coverage. Mm. Uh, or at least late in the world of television news, which was like they were in full uh, uh, coverage mode minutes after some of the other uh, stations had broken into live coverage. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that CNN's in an interesting position, but but television news is in an interesting position because yeah. I would make the argument that television news inherently is cartoony and it was cartoony yeah. back when everybody thought it was serious, but also it's, desperate now the ad dollars ain't what they were the the cable subscriptions ain't what they were and and Mm. for everybody you know this is a a hobby horse on the right they they you know point out like oh espn is losing all this money it's like that's cable like they're losing (laughs) money because less people have cable and guess what cnn is losing money msnbc is losing money fox is losing money everybody's losing money right now because if your primary way that you made money was through cable subscriptions then you are going to see a decrease in that and espn being the 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 network that invented the practice will always see more because they had more fox is doing okay uh for now for now uh, yeah, Fox, Fox is not immune to gravity, you know, no, uh, because right. all, all, all the, those numbers are not determined on how many people watch Fox. Those oh. numbers are determined on how many subscribers to cable. There are cable overall that uh, anybody who's oh, paying for okay. it. So the way that this works is, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, every once in a while they'll do those ads that are like, uh, 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 Comcast doesn't want you to see blah, blah, blah. Like uh, uh, they're trying to take away these channels, call Comcast and tell them you want to keep your Viacom channels, Fox, whatever. That's because they're renegotiating on a contract that says you are going to pay me X amount of dollars per subscriber. Mm. Doesn't matter if they watch it at all. It matters that you pay uh, that's what your cable bill is. Uh, those were also the premise of the great coffin flop sketch on, I think you should leave, which everybody should watch. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what the, that's what it is. So Fox's ratings can be whatever they are and that will affect h- how they sell ads. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the main economic driver of cable, which is cable subscriptions. Uh, so th- Another guy I talked about before, I just read one of his books, Paul, Paul Virilio, excuse me, a French philosopher. 
And I just read a book called Open Sky when he talks about like the uh, immediacy of the way he brings up CNN. Yeah. Uh, the, the immediacy of media has inverted our world and we're falling upwards is how he describes it. Okay. We're like so backwards that we're, we can't even rely on falling uh, downward onto the ground. We don't know where we're going to land. Uh, that, that's just like the po- French poetic. Sure, exactly. Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to be dramatic about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's their only mode, you know. Just they, they love it. They love it. These guys. <laughs> uh, but there is something to this idea that we live in real time. Politics happens um, immediately. It has to yeah. happen immediately. And like you just you just said with regard to CNN, you know, they were like three minutes behind and that's just them like failing. Whereas um, there's no, you know, before, obviously this is a truism by now, but um, it it used to be the New York times had at least a few hours to put a story out before it was published. Uh, So I I think that's pretty bad for us. I think it lead, it fuels a lot of the existential uh, dread and depression. Oh I, yeah. So, so if you are, if, if, if we go back to your initial statement that, uh, the, 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 the Kierkegaard, that anxiety is the, the, the dizziness of freedom and we are defining freedom by the world around us and how mm-hmm. much we are free to move about it. If the world around us is constantly changing, then mm-hmm. we have, have less of a sense of even where we are. And in fact, the world may might just be infinite and and we are constantly in the wilderness. We have no idea what is good and, 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 and what is bad. And I guess that would be an argument against extreme polarization because mm-hmm. extreme polarization is very black and white, but also <laughs> yeah. if it's very black and white, that means that, you know, we get into the kind of Orwellian element of like, Oh, well, these people are heroes today. They might be unpersons tomorrow. Yes. You know, uh, 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 it's, it's, I'm listening to an old, uh, uh, or a podcast that I, I loved. I'm doing a re-listen for, uh, Harmontown. Did you ever listen to Harmontown? Uh, no, I didn't. No. So it's Dan Harmon who it's did good. Community and, uh, Rick and Morty. Okay. Uh, I knew uh, it I starts, it starts around the time that he got fired from Community. And so, it tracks all the way through him coming back to community, Rick and Morty starting, Rick and Morty becoming big. He gets married. He gets divorced. There's a lot of stuff that happens <laughs> in it. That's uh, cool. Uh, but uh, it's it's crazy to listen to that and hear about the heroes of the day, including mm. Louis C.K. and including wow. like all these people that it's like, you know, for it's not like Louis C.K., like the, the, those rumors weren't out there before. Uh, but also now there is this element of like unpersoning mm-hmm. where, and that's, that has to happen if you live in a world of black and white, yeah. because either you are with the orthodoxy or you're not. And, and at that point, like the, the, the switch just kind of flips and, and the more we live in a world where all of our enemies are evil and all of our friends are pure, then that means that when one of our friends maybe strays a little bit, now they're evil. It's a lot easier Mm. for them to be evil. And also hilariously, when one of your enemies 
starts attacking another enemy. Now they become pure. Weirdly, like, there was like that, that moment of like Jeff Sessions, "Welcome to the Resistance," where where it's like, what are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this goes back to an idea uh, um, w- from Agamben. It, it's the idea of like the Homo Saker, like the sacred, the sacred human. Uh, and it's an ancient Roman law where um, a person who is like an outcast from society is uh, they become both like um, vulnerable to being killed, but like also untouchable, untouchable. So yeah. it, it catapults them into what Agamben describes as a zone of indistinction. So and he, he uses the, a comparison to like the werewolf. Like it's it's not a man. It's not a man and it's not an animal, but it doesn't fit in society but it doesn't fit in the forest. Uh, so I think what, what happens when you start to have a pile of like the rejects who are stuck in the zone of uh, indistinction is that like it become the black and white because starts to become the exception. Yeah. And then this gray area becomes not only like larger, but it becomes very confusing. Yeah. Which I guess that's, and, and maybe uh, we're, we're kind of touching on something here that, we, 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 in, in a world of infinite information, which therefore means an infinitely undefined reality, we, mm-hmm. we look for the black and whites yeah. because at the very least it gives us signposts at the very least, uh, there is somebody who is saying very clearly, this is good. This is bad. And we are a transitional, uh, generation, all of us together, uh, where we're we're being forced to understand no the world is going to get more complicated yeah the world is infinitely complicated uh, yeah. uh if if we the only thing that's changed is that we built a society for which there were walls, geographic walls, media walls. Mm. You only got one newspaper. You only got so many channels, even with cable. Okay. So take the channels from four to 400. You still only have 400 channels and they're, they're, they're national by and large. Uh, and now that's infinite. Now it's yeah. everywhere. Now it's whatever, whatever you want. And we are a transitional generation that is going to have to understand and create our own walls, artificial they might be, to handle that. So the reality is at the very least defined. That's that's something that I've thought about because I think the information is infinite and it's the pace of it is unmanageable for us. It's faster than light at this point. Like we can't, there, yeah. we can't even fully understand it. Uh, man, there's, Cause, a, there's cause a, think, think about, think about this. I hate to cut you off, but uh, no, I no, no, yeah. this thought. Go, go. Yeah. Like how we in pop culture thought of the person who traveled the world. Right. Mm. Like, because now we're, that's everybody. That's the yeah. default. The default yeah. is we can see wherever we want. Only our curiosity limits us to what we can experience. But before it was like Kane from Kung Fu, right? Like it was it was uh, around the world in 80 days. Like the, the, it was about either tranquility or chaos that that either seeing all of these things was going to profoundly affect you. But it would be because you could not control yourself going down a rapid or uh, only through constant exposure to things you didn't know you would have to become within yourself this like zen uh uh master who also solved crimes and did kung fu and stuff but like uh 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 
but that's that it, it's that's fascinating if we, if we look at those that that dichotomy through that metaphor that was a good one <laughs> that was like that was you had to go with that one I'm well glad. i mean yeah it just this is only for for people that are 60 and up that remember kung fu uh, <laughs> i mean everybody loves kung fu dude you everybody get, loves everybody loves kung fu what do you think of globalism um well, I mean, it really depends on this is that's one of those words, right? That, that yeah. uh, uh, you say it to four different people, you might get four different definitions of exactly what that means. Uh, if we mean globalism as an economic concept, then I believe it is something that by and large, that horse is out of the barn. We are we are always going to benefit from trading with each other. Uh, the more interconnected that we become, the more profitable it tends to be. There are forces at work for which uh, uh, we'll we'll see to it that that happens. As a cultural philosophy, mm-hmm. that's where you kind of get into some murky waters. You know, you, you look at conspiracy theorists, American conspiracy theorists uh, 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 through the last 70 years and a lot of the the, the right leaning ones, even back in the 60s, are are talking about the new world order are talking about uh, a power being brought further away from you. And, and that being a driver of dread, if not panic. And so now we're in this kind of weird, this weird world where you have uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, global forces like the world economic forum, like you, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned before that are more powerful than ever. You also have the internet, which is this destabilizing, <laughs> uh, 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 a fascinating, granular kind of world for which we do have more power than ever. We have more power to share information. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can understand and empathize with people for whom, in any situation, worry that what they controlled yesterday they will control less of tomorrow because decisions are being made by their leaders that we could all do this better if we just escalated the problem. Like we are all, we are all Karens looking for somebody's (laughs) manager, you know, and, and, and eventually that just goes to a global tribunal uh, uh, where where uh, uh, eight distinguished people are doing it. And if you're inclined to believe in conspiracy theories, you're like, uh, and there we go. And that's where the Rothschild family takes their their thrones as uh, uh, our, our betters. So who is the manager? I mean, now, now we're getting into like, you know, <laughs> now we're getting into, into some philosophical and, and, and spiritual stuff, right? I mean, on one hand, my personal philosophy is, you know, we finally get to the manager, we open the door and it's a mirror. And that's the point. The point <laughs> is that the power was, was us the entire time. And, and all of these things that we, that we worry about, uh, you know, are, are us all with our hands on the Ouija board, like asking, like, are you moving it? Why does it keep spelling ass? Like, uh, <laughs> Like, because we are, we're all moving it. There's no spiritual uh, 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 power. But then again, if the point of life is surrender and service, I can understand the spiritual mm. argument that the ultimate manager is 
a higher power or is is karma is is whatever you want to define as a thing beyond you. Uh, uh, and and all you can do is uh, uh, make things good on our you know human plane of existence. It's funny because um, the left, the academic left, at least, has really come out against globalism. And it's sort of for that reason as well, right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's a spiritual argument. It's like a similar argument you'll hear from the right with regard to like the absence of uh, higher power. Or, yeah. uh, and I think, I think that they're specifically talking about God. Um, but I think there are also a apol- or political notions tied up in it with regard to like, personal responsibility as something that you owe to society or um, a a different view of the micro and macro, where it's like, uh, I think on the left, it's, there's like the collectivity that's uh, more involved, like a duty to the collectivity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think on a certain level, we are, we do owe to the collective, right? Yeah. Like, like if, if we are looking at, our our worldview as tribal, and I, I don't mean that in terms of the political definition, but rather humans. We are we yeah. are all a tribe. We have small tribes. We we gather into big clans, and and we try to do our best. We do ultimately owe to keep our species alive, right? And I do think yeah. that is hard coded into us. Where the political philosophies, I think deviate is understanding how we best serve it. Do we best serve it by all of us collectively living our, our best life? And that means that there is freedom, but that also means that there is freedom for horror, right? Uh, Or do you have something more planned? Do you have a, 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 a more hard, you know, walled in idea of what the collective is? Uh, You have a steering committee determining what we are best doing, we are all more adherent to it. We are all, 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 all more reverential toward it. And that gets us to a better place for which the criticism would be. Yeah. But what happens when the horror starts, you know, like, <laughs> like you have to, you have to make sure that the horror is not there because otherwise people can just do what they want. And every once in a while you have to say, oops, uh, uh, murder, but does collectivity <laughs> reduce murder? Does it, does it stop it? Or are, are you just ultimately chasing around the reporting of murder or, or are feeling yeah. that murder is happening? Hannah Arendt talks about it because she, she wrote a lot about totalitarianism and she wrote about like the central paradox of Marxism. And she, she had a lot of respect for Marxism. The, the central paradox is that you can't actually experience freedom. Like it's not possible. You either like work under like the auspices of freedom or under the illusion of freedom, or you claim to have it uh, in an environment where it's impossible to have. So she, yeah. she, she said like the, like the farther you get into Marxism, the master slave dynamic, just, it becomes like a ping pong game and it's just infinite. There is no release from the master slave dynamic. Because at the end of the day, no matter how, many benefits you get no matter how much sacrifice you put in there will that will always be a 
an immutable truth. And, and I guess freedom would be the opposite side of that to which, you know, I'm sure that there's plenty of people who are like, well, no, but that's economic slavery. Like, like I am no less indebted to my bank. I'm no less indebted to, uh, uh, to, to other stuff for which, I guess the counter argument to that, uh, uh, not to be Jack Donaghy negotiating against himself in a mirror, but like the 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 thing to that is like, well, f- you should praise God that all you have <laughs> are economic masters because they're only one part of the Captain Planet that is formed if you have a totalitarian society. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but then I guess what's better to have five masters or to have one? <laughs> I just I think. I think you and I wouldn't be sent straight to the gulag. Like they wouldn't, no. they wouldn't rat us straight there. No, we'd, we'd find some department of like thinking or something. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's only two, there's only two paths for us in a totalitarian society, Kevin, like either mm-hmm. we'd be in like the, the, uh, a, a department of philosophy <laughs> or, we would be the funny guys in the mess hall. <laughs> like we would just be cooks and we would just be making jokes uh, 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 to entertain the the servers while the banquet began. That doesn't sound like a bad life. Uh, shout out, shout out to all my, shout out to all my cook friends, man. Like I, I love cooks, <laughs> cooks. Uh, people always uh, think because they see the food channel that they think all cooks in every restaurant are, you know, uh, super passionate about food and everything. And like a lot of them really are. Uh, but by and large, if you just go into a random ass restaurant, the cooks who are cooking your food are remarkably similar to construction workers. Like they are, <laughs> they are a good, they're, they're a good, uh, a good, a good lot in terms of, uh, having fun. Man, that remember that steak we had when you were, when you were here in town? Hell yeah. Uh, that was Dude, good that one. Wagyu. That was, that was a good, good steak. I can't believe I didn't get COVID. That was that first Trump I event. Know, and I was like indoors with like uh, uh, yeah. a bunch of people that were like, you know, pre-vaccine. I got pepper sprayed. That was a good time. That oh, was a good... I forgot about that, man. That was a wild trip, man. It was. It was. I think, you know what I did? I, I avoided the outbreak because I didn't go into the bar when the Secret Service were there because the Secret Service had an outbreak. Uh, in in Tulsa, no way. Yeah, it, yeah, we didn't we didn't go to the rally. I think no. that was poor old Herman Cain. Now Herman Cain died after that. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, uh, uh, to Herman Cain. Read your read your Pokemon quotes in remembrance of Herman Cain. I don't know if he I don't know if he he he, he served. But I don't know if it would be a, an appropriate Memorial Day tribute. But um, oh, come on. Uh, yeah, no poor. Uh, Poor Herman Cain. That that got uh, homeboy fired as Trump's uh, 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 election head. Oh, was that that began his downward spiral too? Yeah, yeah. And then he got he was had a had a messy uh, uh, domestic thing In too. Florida. I forget his name right now. Yeah, but there yeah. was like body cam footage of him getting tackled and stuff like that. Oh man. That's anyway, life in the information age. Exactly. That's your that's, most humiliating moments are just going to be right there for the world. I mean, yeah, and I guess that that to bring us back to our central idea of 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 sadness is that like the greatest news you could ever hear is in front of your face faster than it's ever been, yeah. right? The love you can feel, like my mom's going through chemo, 
And what she has found, as I've talked about that on the various programs that I, that I do, and she's been a part of, of this, uh, of the PX3 show is that she's realized that she's got an international wave of support and love and, and not only through Facebook where everybody you've ever met since high school and beyond can now say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I love you. And that's something that nobody in history has ever experienced before, except for like the queen of England. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's so rare to see that, but now she not only gets that, which is a, a, a basic right now in our digital interconnected world, she now gets even more because people just like her as a voice on, on, on my show. That's amazing. And That's also, beautiful. and also the Buffalo shooter can stream his rampage on Twitch. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, where, where I think we, we have this, this, uh, uh, relationship, this bizarre love, hate relationship with our interconnectivity. And I don't blame us, man, because yeah. when it's good, God, is it the best? It is, it is the, the greatest, the greatest thing that you could possibly hope for in that moment. But when it's yeah. bad, boy, is it bleak? Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful to hear about your mom. That's really special. That, yeah. And it, I went, that does complicate the whole thing. Um, man, I always, I always have people send me those, the, any, if there's a video or, or the manifestos, I always have people send me that. Uh, I remember the, the mosque shooting in New Zealand, getting yeah. it and just opening it. Cause somebody was like, they're going to take this down. And I, I thought it was like call of duty or something. And oh, then I was the like, video, the video, I him. turned it off because yeah. I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I, remember, I mean, back, back in the day, it was the beheading videos, you know, yes. that, that this was yeah. in, in the middle of the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war. And the Daniel Pearl video was the one that, that was the first time where it was like the, the media had to decide yeah. what do we do with this? Cause before it would have been sent to, all the networks and the networks would have watched it and the networks would have said, oh, God, no, maybe a still of him kneeling, but, but Jesus, like we're, we can't run this, but the internet is, is the clearinghouse that, that does not seek permission. And uh, uh, all of a sudden there I was in, in college, uh, loading up real player to watch a horrifying video that, that, you know, uh, was I better for it? I mean, what was I better for knowing that this kind of barbarism happens? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So I think that that's, that's an open question. This is, then this is a question we've asked for a, as long as humans have been capable of consciousness. Um, uh, is that the, part of the same psyche? The, the part that has so much compassion and love and it's capable of showing it to your mom. Yeah. Is that the same as like the the people who's who are like let's let's uh, publicize this beheading, like ISIS? ISIS says let's yeah. get this for for like terroristic reasons. Is that the same psyche? Is that the human psyche? Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody is looking to protect their tribe, and yeah. and the way that we protect our tribe is, uh vastly different depending on what we think we need to do, what we think we we need to protect, who we think is the enemy, who is 
the the person that is causing these problems? Uh, uh, what problems do we have? Uh, are we caring more about dumb stuff because things are kind of going well? I guess that would be the only thing. If we're to, to draw a conclusion as we come to the end of this conversation, mm-hmm. is that the more you care about stuff that is generally stupid, the better <laughs> your life is probably going. <laughs> and 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 the more the yeah. more that you get spun up about it then that's a great thing to circle in on and be like, I need to do some self-reflection. Like if I'm, <laughs> if I'm this pissed off about a movie that came out, if I'm this pissed off about some other stuff, then like maybe that is a self-reflective moment where I, I need to take stock of my own behavior. Because if I'm complaining about the Ghostbusters reboot, no matter how much it sucked, like beyond saying, oh, okay, that was a bad movie. Like, <laughs> Uh, 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 and I'll leave it to everybody here, which one I'm talking about, but like, uh, then that's movie. your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> like, that's fine. The rest of your life yeah. is probably going okay. Cause you're not saying, uh, uh, Oh, the, I don't have a job. <laughs> and my entire <laughs> purpose in life is, is, uh, 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 you know, totally negated. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's possible like man search for me. I do think it's possible to find beauty in, in his case, in a concentration camp and the worst possible iteration of, of, uh, the human psyche, you can find beauty for him. And he's an existentialist as well. uh, For him, it's, um, a responsibility almost like, like you have the freedom to choose to see beauty or to choose and have hope or optimism. And that's ultimately where I fall. Although I like your conclusion as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're interrelated. Those two. I know. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, there's the, I don't think we, we, we've had many contradictory thoughts throughout this uh, uh, process. Just uh, a a volume, a volume, a volume of thoughts. A, a, uh, we are, we are volume shooters when it comes to uh, uh, philosophical (laughs) takes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this would, this would be the last thing that I'll, that, that I'll say is that I do think that the solution to dread and the guardianship of uh, feeling fulfilled is purpose. Yeah. I, I do think that when you are in the valley uh, uh, emotionally, through substances, mm. through economic hardship, the only thing that leads you out is purpose. And, yeah. and if you get out without purpose, you are probably dooming yourself to a, 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 a return trip. Now, what purpose means? Yeah, that's up to everybody. Is is purpose servitude to somebody that you love? Is purpose economic? Is purpose religious is purpose. Like I I have, I have met people that I would describe at, at peace who have done all of those things, or at least have found themselves more peaceful than they were before. But purpose to me, and I would say specifically in, in a moment like this to young men who, as we had mentioned before, tend to, when, when, when things go off the rails with young men, Oh, Oh boy. uh, Is it, is it a problem? It's bad. Purpose is something that that I think is important and yeah. and understanding the importance of it culturally, I think matters. No, I agree. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would just add friendship and love as a, yeah. as a necessary part of that. And for, for me, I, and I tend to agree with the right on this, that like, it is important to have like a higher, a higher purpose, like a higher, it doesn't have to be God for necessarily, but we, we need, even if it, maybe not the collective, <laughs> maybe like maybe yeah. not the collective as your higher power. Anyway, I, I, you said that really well. I agree. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think that to, to your point, friendship and love is something that is hard. Uh, it takes work. It mm-hmm. takes self-reflection. I think a lot of, you know, both those shooters were guys for whom could not adjust to society to be loved. And I yeah. think that that is a, a huge element. Like uh, we can, we can say, and I'm sure there's a lot, there's some lonely people that are listening to us right now that are like, Oh geez. Yeah. The, the, the married guys, one of them has two kids. Yeah. Please <laughs> lecture me about like how you just need to find friendship and love while they have an hour long conversation and make money doing it. Please <laughs> t- tell me how easy it is. Uh, uh, and I would say to that person, the only way that you can find love in others and appreciate the love from others is by understanding yourself and understanding yeah. your own, uh, your own condition, your own human condition, because that uh, our society, and I don't mean that in terms of Western society. I think this is hard coded into us as, as mammals <laughs> mm-hmm. is to, to give off the pheromones of, I have thought about myself today and I have yeah. X amount of room for other people. And when I find those connections, I'll cherish them. I agree. Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this and you're lonely, hang in there, man, you'll be fine. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, God, yeah. Jeez, I mean, uh, I'm sure this is, this would be another hour long conversation. If, if, if Kevin and I just talked about the most depressing thoughts we've had throughout, you know, <laughs> oh, the, the ages 16 to 26, like, cause that's yeah. where, that's where it was the darkest oh, for me. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's, oh, geez. When you're ping pong and emotions around there and, and uh, like you're, mm-hmm. you're just getting going into the world of romantic <laughs> relationships and woo. Oh, woo. big time. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I like yeah. there's there were you know, it's it, it it's uh, uh that that felt like the most like it was a raging rapids of, I didn't know, man. And then I'm expected to go no to college, clue. and then I'm expected to understand that, and then I'm expected to get a career, and then I'm expected to fulfill glorious purpose because everyone's told me that I'm smart my entire life, and now <laughs> I I just get just like farted out into the <laughs> into the universe like. Jeez, also, that's, there's that's rough. Alcohol is uh, alcohol is freely. Is there? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think we'll all be okay, though. I think you want to know we'll what, Kevin? Okay. I totally agree, and uh, uh, I think that's a that to me that is my philosophy. My philosophy yeah. is we are we are going to be okay, and we're going to do it together. I love that. There we go. Kevin Ryan, uh, uh, thank you as always. Another amazing episode. Uh, uh, what do you got? I mean, do you have, you have a child on the way any, any day yeah. now that's, that's, that's the next big release. I'm assuming that, uh, ongoing work is, uh, uh, on hold until, until we figure that out. Right. Uh, we shall see. I'll keep you updated. I, I have like a pile of stuff that's like in the middle. Uh, and it's weird. Newborn days are crazy. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Like I, I was very creative last time in the weirdest way. It's like no sleep makes you creative somehow. Gotcha. 
<laughs> but yep, yeah, yeah, man. I'll, I'll I'll find time to. I always find time for you, man. Well, always, yeah. always, and uh, <laughs> and and likewise. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely, man. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, Politics, Politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio, based here in Austin, Texas. If you would like to say thank you to Kevin Ryan for taking an hour out of his day to talk about everything that we just went over, you can head on over to letter P, letter X, number three, guest dot Com. Uh, we we also have a lot of stuff here for you. Let me see if I can figure it out. Oh yeah, our email, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, px3tweets. Find me on Twitch, px3live.com. You can share this podcast with all of your friends, family, and clergy, px3podcast.com, px3 podcast.com, and get our merch at politicsmerch.com. If you'd like to support us with a one-time donation, you can always do so. PayPal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. And our cash app is px3cash. If you'd like to send me anything you'd like in the mail, you can do so. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content exclusively at takepoliticsseriously.com. Our $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcast schedule. And then, of course, there is our Titanic $10 tier, which gets your name read at the end of the program like these fine folks. V-Guard, Alexis, Neil of Neils, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Double K Ranch, Amanda, Yeo Pinball Shop. John, DP4 Bongo, Niemeister, Nick's Horseless Diner, Catherine, persons familiar with the matter, and Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. 100 Mile Runner, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Start, Dr. G, Headphones, Neil, Charles, Darren, Alex, the owner of the Stronger Now Gym in Atlanta, Idris Arslandian, Blue Front and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Diana Shrill, Shrieks, Miranda Janelle, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, D. Laser, just another pilot, middle aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted. Utah, Jimmy Montana, the Jen, Adam, D. Really, Chopper, J. Pink, Andrew, and Josh. You want to join their ranks? Only one place to do it, and that is takepoliticsseriously.com. On the next edition of this program, we will talk about Biden trying to steer the narrative on inflation and some interesting frayed wire stories coming out of the Biden White House. We're going to do a little uh, who benefits from this narrative sleuthing on Friday's edition. And we are also going to be joined by the great and wise Bill Share of Washington Monthly all about the lessons learned from Obama. If you've ever heard the phrase pre-negotiation and, and watched a progressive spit on the ground in disdain when it was mentioned, well, then you know the conflict that we are about to go into and whether or not folks learned the wrong lesson 
when they got a second crack at things with Biden. Hmm. Interesting. Till next time, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, reminding you that some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.